0: I'm not coming across as a good person right
1: now. I, no, I know you're not a I'm good person. It has, nothing, it has nothing to do with what you're coming across <laughs> as. You're not a good person. Golf Line, Golf Line. Calling on the Golf
2: Line. Boy, swing. swing.
1: Golf Line, Golf Line. Get you calling on the Golf Line
2: with J. Larson.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Golf Line Podcast. I am your host. Jay Larson. Uh welcome back everybody. As always, 1833 My Golf Line is the line to call. And if you're listening, it's cuz you're enjoying it. So feel free to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening and share it. Share it on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. Let's get help us get the word out there. The more it's out there, the bigger we grow, the more we're able to do, the more people are calling in. It just helps us all we're a community build a community we're a community i don't know who i'm yelling at i don't know who i'm yelling at um oh god we're gonna do a solo episode today it's just gonna be me uh i mean of course i'm taking calls and i'll be commenting on some and we'll be chatting with some too but uh there's gonna be no guests because let's be honest uh, anders lang was a little much Bargazzi, who wants to listen to Bargazzi all the time you know what i mean who wants to listen to uh i'm just kidding i love uh, i love all of our guests and i'm super happy to have them but we also want to be able to build out some episodes that it's just you guys and pay more attention and get more calls in so that's what we're doing this episode uh we tend to we had a lot of kind of uh calls that fell under the etiquette uh umbrella if you will that's like a that's such like a corporate America term is it like well it's under the umbrella of uh you know what I mean like everything's under an umbrella you know what I mean which by the way how many people out there have an umbrella with their with their clubs I have an umbrella or did a golf umbrella and I never ever used it there is something badass though when you see like an old ever see the old guy who walks with the umbrella and then has a little chair that pops off his bag? That guy's ball. And then he just sits and crosses his legs and has a banana in the middle of the fairway waiting for people to clear the green. Um, Story I wanted to share with you guys. I don't really know how much of etiquette this is. Uh, It kind of falls into some sort of etiquette. But I was golfing one time and I got paired up with uh, a couple of randos, two guys. They were buddies and me. I don't remember where this was. I I don't know but you do you have any memories guys do you have any and gals do you have any memories that are strict like you don't know if they even happened you just have I swear to you my ex-wife and I were looking for a place and I can't remember if this was in in where close to where I live now in Los Angeles or outside like this deep part of Brooklyn when we were living over there I can't remember I don't remember I remember the house I remember one room in it, and I remember a woman in it. I don't know if it's a dream, a thing I made up, or a house I actually like looked at. And uh, I, there's this one house that we pass all the time, and I would say to my ex, I'm like, I think that's that house I looked at. And she's like, I know about the house. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you know that Chris Rock joke where uh, he talks about being married for a long time, and then your wife's like, hey, did I ever tell you about the time? He's like, yeah, you told me about the time. You told me about the time. And he he says, like, go out and kill somebody or go out and get kidnapped and then come back with some new shit to talk about. Anyway, this story, I don't. I know it was real because I was there. I just don't remember where it was, how old I was. I just know I was like in my 20s, probably, or early 30s. And I get paired up with these two guys. And there was like a. It's like a short par four, right? And there was this big bird on the course. I might have been in Florida. It wasn't like a what are those birds like in cartoons they deliver babies in their mouth? You know, it wasn't it wasn't like that. Is that a pelican? It was this black bird and it was big. And I mean I just remember it was unique. It wasn't like a crow. It like it looked like its wings had two, like two arms to it. You know, like most wings are just like, bah this was like a bah, whatever. And uh one of the guys teed off and hit this bird. In the fairway okay and you know we're like all right he you know did he hit that bird we couldn't really tell i don't think and i don't remember who it hit yet but then we all hit and then the thing started like kind of like flapping its way like trying to get away like it, he, it was struggling it, the, the bird was struggling and we got up to the fairway and this bird had made itself close now it was a short par four right so The bird was already close to the fairway, but it moved its way up towards the sand trap that was a greenside bunker. And we all chipped up. And I was kind of like over that way. And I was like, oh, man, this bird is like, it's dying. You know what I mean? It it, it wasn't doing well. And I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to call the clubhouse and have them get maintenance over here and... Get rid of this bird. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay. So I call and they're like, I'm like, hey, like we hit a bird with a golf ball. We're on this hole. Can you send maintenance over? Because it doesn't look like it's doing well. And they were like, yeah, maintenance is actually on like a hole away. We're like, all right, cool. I go over, put my bag down. They're getting ready to putt. Guy pulls up. No lie. We're putting, okay? And this guy is beating the bird over the head with a shovel. Okay? Now, I mean, I didn't kill the bird, and I was having trouble focus. You know what I mean? Because there's a guy graphically just bashing this bird with a shovel to put it out of its misery. Now, I remember doing mushrooms in Joshua Tree one time with my buddy Alex, and he was lifting a rock. He was getting the fire ready. We'd just taken the mushrooms and he was take getting the fire ready and he took a rock. And you know, sometimes it's something's heavy, you gotta t tw- you, you twist to move. So he twists and lifts, and there's a lizard underneath that when he twisted the rock, it kind of ripped the lizard in half, and the lizard was like ah! like slowly trying to move because it wasn't dead yet, but it was clearly dying and gonna die. And then he just took the rock and was like, ah, and like put it out of its misery. And we were like, oh, my God, are we going to have the worst trip ever? We didn't. Um, anyway, that's what was going on. This guy's putting the bird out of his misery. So we finish up the hole, get to the next hole. We play that hole. And then like, I don't know. Listen, I've said this before. I'll say it again. When you're a comedian and you see a joke, you just go for it. You. And you have to like, especially if they're strangers, you're gonna to have to feel out the the temperature of the room. Are they gonna be okay with certain stuff? So we're like, I don't know, three holes three holes later. And the guy like shanked one, you know what I mean? And I just go, Well, you shouldn't have killed that bird back there, you know? Or the golf gods. <laughs> I don't I don't know how I phrase it. And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, two holes later, he lips out a putt, and I was just like, mm. You know, probably because of that bird. And I, I probably made a joke about the bird three or four times. And finally, his buddy comes over to me. I feel like it was like the 14th hole and was like, hey, man, can you like, can you can you chill out about the bird? He's like really upset about it. And and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I had to go play another three holes with this guy who probably hates me at this point. Feels terrible that he killed this bird. And then I got to go play the rest of the round. So. I know that for myself, comedy and jokes has always been a way to calm a situation, get people to like me, get people to hate me, or just like it's my it's my default setting. Like if something's uncomfortable, I make a joke, try and break it, you know? And uh, it's something I'm working on because I don't always need to have comedy for a situation. Sometimes I'm enough. Um but it's definitely one of those rounds, that I'm like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I had a better memory for where that was and what that was, because it was definitely, definitely a unique situation. Um, anyway, if you got any stories similar to that, call in, let us know. Um, I got a call. We got a call about a guy who's golfing with his nephew. Let's uh, let's take a listen.
3: Hey, how's it going, Jay? Uh, My name's Victor, golfing out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I guess my handicap uh, is like 23. Anyways, um, my golf question for you, something that kind of went down this weekend. I was taking my nephew out um, to go golfing. um, He doesn't golf, so this is actually like his first time. So I was like, you know what, just kind of ride around with me and you could – a club here and there maybe do a little bit of putting but i want to get you out on the course good uncle you know get you used to stuff um but i got to the course and uh was surprised to find out that he needed his own set of clubs um to golf the course and i was just kind of set back a little bit there just because it just kind of didn't make any sense you know i was just like you know what i'll pay for him like as if he were going to be playing around and really was just going to be kind of hanging out, kind of just driving around, maybe like a spectator or anything, but I even offered, I was like, you know what, I'll have, I'll pay for him, like if he's actually playing, um, and I actually even considered renting some clubs, and it was like 60 bucks, and I was just like, you know what, does it doesn't make sense, um, you know, we'll just go somewhere else. Ended up going to this uni course, uh, Papago, um, out here in Tempe, Arizona. I uh, had a blast there, but I just wanted to know what their logic was behind that as far as having his own set of clubs just to kind of get started. So
1: Okay. All right. So first of all, uh, you're a 23 handicap. Okay. So that's maybe why you don't know this. But yeah, no golf course is going to let you play without a set of clubs. It's just the way it goes. I don't know what the rule is. I don't know what the specifics are. I think it's just like the idea that like maybe they need you to take golf seriously. I don't know. Or maybe they don't. Uh, it's a way for accountability to know that somebody paid. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, okay? What I do know is, as far as etiquette goes, I've mentioned before I was a caddy, so I learned a lot of stuff. I learned when how to tend a pin. I learned where to stand when other people are golfing. I learned to not to walk across someone's line, even though I don't think walking across someone's line does anything. But a big etiquette thing for me is... Don't bring a kid on a course if they're not ready. And you know when they're not ready, bro? When they don't have their own clubs. Now listen, I know you're trying to bond with them, bro. I know you want to bond with your nephew. Take him to the driving range, take him to a pitch and putt, go to a little practice area, or go to a go to a 9-hole executive and book the last tee time of the day. And then he can play out of your bag. No one's going to give you no one's going to care if he's playing out of your bag if you're just playing 9. But nobody wants some dude out there who's spraying balls all around the place, holding up the people behind you, hitting into people other places, ripping up the, you know, thinking you can use a wedge on the putting green, that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the logic is. All I know is that 60 bucks that you'd pay for the golf rental, go buy him some clubs, bro. Go to play it against sports. Get him some clubs. Then go to the driving range together. Then... Be like, hey, let's just go putt one night. You know, take him out to dinner and then go putt. Or take him putting and then go get an ice cream. You know what I mean? I don't know how old he is. You could, If he's old enough and you guys drink, grab a beer and go putt. But part of the responsibility of being a golfer is knowing the rules and passing them down to the other people. You know what I mean? Part of the responsibility in stand-up comedy, right, when a headliner takes you on the road and you're going to host first or feature Hoster feature. You're going to need to know where the light is so you know when your time's up. You're going to know how to, to get someone's credits before you intro them. You're going to need to know all these things in order to do that job. And it's the same thing in golf. You got to hand it down to the people below you. Nick Swartzen took me on the road for the first time. I hosted for him in San Francisco. Teg Nataro was featuring. This was oh almost 20 years ago. And I learned so much in that weekend because Nick taught me it's the same thing you gotta do with your nephew, bro. And by the way, Papago Ranch or Club in Tempe, isn't that where the Carp barn guys are? That dude who does all the steak and cheese reviews? I love that guy. I'm pretty sure that's where he is. He hits like nasty stingers. So that's like a really decent course anyway. I don't know if it's a muni. I could be thinking about the wrong course. All I know is, bro, get your nephew better before you get him out there with ya. Okay. Uh let's go to another caller. He's got some beef. He's got some beef with a buddy of his who just started golfing. Play it.
3: Hey, Jay. My name's Jack. I'm an eight handicap and uh, play a myriad of different kind of clubs. But my question more to you is I got a friend that's getting into golf and he's trying to, you know, figure out a way to get around the course. And he's to the point where he doesn't really keep score on most of the holes, but he kind of thinks he does. So he pulls the move where he goes like, oh. Uh, I got a seven here and you really know there was no way that it was a seven. And he just kind of writes down numbers. And at the end of it, it always seems like he finds a way to say, Hey, I shot 99 today. How do you break it to him that you didn't really shoot 99 and you probably shouldn't go around to people you don't normally play with and tell your scores like that. Uh, Be interested to hear your take. Thanks.
1: Appreciate you. First of all, it's always we're all any low handicapper is going to get annoyed with anyone who's not telling the truth about their score because we know that our handicap is our handicap because we report our score. You know what I mean? I don't trust me. If I shoot a 92 and I know there are people listening right now that are like, "Dude, I love to shoot a 92." I know. I know. But when I shoot a 92, I'm not stoked that it's going to take my handicap up so that I have I'm at a better advantage. I'm annoyed that I shot a 92. You know, now there are some courses that are so hard, especially if I'm playing the tips, which I don't normally play the tips. I, I I'm, it's just not, they're not made for me. Um, I'm going to actually put that in for something else. But we tell the truth, right? So I think for a new golfer, you know, we're just coming off the nephew call, your buddy, especially during the pandemic. So many people got into golf. I have so many friends that are like, "Hey, man, I just got into golf. Let's golf sometime." you know what I say? I go, I'm good. I'm g- I'm good. You know why? Because I don't want to play 18 holes with someone who's not good. I just don't. I don't. I don't have the time. I don't have, I have the patience. I just don't have the time, to be honest with you. I got two kids. I got to, I'm trying to make a career happen. And then someone's like, let's go play 18 on a Sunday. I don't golf on Sundays, bro. You know why? Because when you golf long enough, you know Sundays are for amateurs. They're for amateurs. Here's my thoughts. Anyone who's just starting out, don't keep score. You shouldn't be keeping score. It doesn't matter for you. Depending on You know what matters? Are you able to get off the tee, first of all? Now, when I said the thing about the kid, the nephew, book the late tee time. When it's a friend, an adult who can – like maybe has played sports, they can swing a club – you can go play nine anytime, but don't be going to play 18 with, you know, unless unless you have the awareness to go, hey, guys, I'm just going to pick up or, or I'll pick up and I'll hit with where you are. You know what I mean? Those are the guys I like when they're just starting out. Boom, boom, boom. But like otherwise, you shouldn't be keeping score. You should just be trying to get the ball in the fairway. You should be trying to like learn that you hit down on the back of the ball to get it to pop up. You don't have to lift up. You know what I mean? There's little things that you won't learn. Until you golf for a while and you do certain things like, you know, how to play certain clubs, what your distances are. You know, like I think that's one of the most important things as a new golfer is learn what your distances are. First, you want to learn how to hit a driver. Then go to the range and just figure out what your distance is and know that your clubs down and up are 10 yards away. You know what I mean? I base everything off my 8-iron. My 8-iron is 155 That means my nine's a 145. My wedge is a 135, 136. My 50 degrees like a 121. I can beef it up. I can chill it down. You know what I mean? That's how I do it. So like it's important to get out there and not be worrying about the score because you don't want to know that you're going to put up, you know, it's people like, oh, I got an eight. And you're like, listen, an eight's terrible. Okay. So why even keep score? Now, you worrying about who he's telling what to, that doesn't matter to you. You know what I mean? Like I see in this world, especially after being divorced, people are so afraid to set boundaries. You know what I mean? Let him. Let him do whatever he wants. He can tell anyone he wants. He's going to find out the hard way when he gets into some scramble telling everybody he shoots bogey golf. I mean, most people who don't golf or start golfing, they're like, yeah, I'm like a bogey golfer. No, you're not. A bogey golf is shooting a 90. You're not shooting 90 for 18 when you're just starting. You're shooting in the hundreds. We all know that. We've all been there. But people just like say, "Ah, I'm like a bogey golfer. Like In actuality, I'm like a 7 index, but I'm not playing to a 7. You know what I mean? I'm I'm shooting like mid-80s most often, right? When I'm on my game, I'm shooting high 70s, low 80s. Otherwise, I'm like 85, 86. If I don't play for 10 months, I'm still going to go out and shoot an 85, 86. Because after a while, I'll get to the range early. I'll practice and I'll dial it in. But for this guy, I wouldn't sweat it, bro. And I would just – I would not be afraid to tell him like, bro, just tell us what you got. Either don't keep score. I would tell him don't keep score. And I would give him pointers and tips, especially when you're a low handicap. And help him out, bro. Just help him out. Tell him like – and when he tells you, you, hey, I got a seven, you know what you do? You look him in the eye and go, no, you didn't. And this is the first rule of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. The first rule of learning how to golf is – Don't lie to my face about your score. Do you have any idea how sacred the golf score is? It's sacred, bro. And you don't want to have to punch your buddy in the golf course, but you might have to. If he tells you he got a seven and you tell him he didn't, you give him one more chance. You say, I'm going to give you another chance to tell me what you really got. And if he says seven again, you punch him right in the face. You got it? It's the only way around this. Draw the boundary, bro. Don't worry about what he does. Stay focused. I love that you're getting them out there, though. Um, you don't want to get resentful, like our next caller. <laughs> oh, I love a good segue. Uh, let's play this message, and then we're gonna give him a ring because uh, it. I think, I think, I think we're gonna get into some stuff. Can we uh, play this message, JoJo? Hey, Jay. Uh,
2: my name is Basab. I'm 25. I'm from Austin. I wanted to reach out to you today to ask you a question. I have a bit of a, an issue when it comes to my golf game. It's more of a, a psychological issue of etiquette. And it's not something that I maliciously do, but I've come to terms lately with the fact that whenever I go to play golf with my buddies, I do this thing when we're, whenever we're on the putting green where I just have to walk across their line and it's it's not as if like i i scuff it up on purpose or anything but it's gotten to the point where my friends don't want to play with me anymore (laughs) and i don't know if it's if it's a matter i mean i'm trying to figure out if it's as big of a deal as it's pitched to be um if i'm really messing up their game that much if it's something i need to fix about myself i mean honestly it's not something i'm going to change i'm not going to change do i need new friends do i need to play by myself I
1: mean I don't know all right first thing I'm going to say is anyone who says is it something I need to change in myself you know what the answer is yes (laughs) yes even if you don't think the problem is yourself look inside yourself to find out what you could change for whatever the situation is keep your side of the street clean um and no you don't need new friends because guess what new friends are going to say the same shit your old friends are saying I love that he called it a psychological issue of etiquette. Bro. (laughs) Psychological issue of etiquette. Let's get him on the horn and let's get down to it. Yo. Yo, Basab. Howdy. Who's this? Who's this, bro? This is Jay Larson from the golf line.
0: Hey, Jay. How you doing, man?
1: Dude, I'm I'm doing great, bro. I'm doing great. Most likely I'm doing great cuz I don't have any psychological issues of etiquette, my man.
0: Oh yeah. There there's there's quite a few there. Are we trying to dig into them right now?
1: Well, I don't know. What do you want? To do you want to chit-chat for a little bit? What do you want to talk about? I mean, is there something <laughs> you want? To, I mean, I mean, I would love to get to it. I, I don't know if our listeners want to like hear how you prefer a Caesar salad either table side or prepped in the kitchen. You know what I mean? But if you want to get into something,
0: I want to get into the weeds. I think it's more just reflective of where I'm at in life right now. I think I'm in like a, uh, a, a villain art, so to speak. And I just, I feel compelled at this point to lean into just walking across my friend's lines on the golf course, because I don't understand the, the implication of why it's so important. It it Listen, really doesn't like when I when I go to play it's just it's really just a blind stroke like who are we pretending that we're actually going to drain this you know? Like well, it's not, not only that, I mean, are you playing like?
1: Are you playing like spikes that Bobby Jones was wearing? You know what I mean? We're all everyone's most guys are wearing soft whatever soft bottom shoes or whatever it is. And secondly, you gotta keep them pointy. No one is going to. What are you, sharpening your spikes like Ty Cobb, bro, to go play with your buddy so you can – I mean, are you that hard? First of all, I just – I personally don't think if you walk across someone's line, it's really going to affect their putt unless you weigh like 350 or you're like scuffing. So let me ask you, are you doing this to psychologically psych them out and how often and how many holes? And then I'd like to know what the hell else you're doing because this clearly isn't just this. I mean, the,
0: the mind games are, are wonderful, but quite frankly, it was entirely unintentional how it started. I just like trying to get to my putt, and the quickest, shortest line is oftentimes through others' lines. And I didn't really understand the deal. And when I started getting berated for it, it, it made me want to do it more. So I, I'm in and, and my, my footwear range, is everywhere from um, those Tomos, those RGC Tomos, love those. I play those to golf. And they have like almost no tread on them. It's it's not doing a thing. And I'm I'm quite a slim, quite a slim guy. I would say a buck twenty soaking wet. I'm not doing anything, but you know you have you have inspired. Me. I would like to look into getting some sharper spikes. I think it would help my, my general traction. First and of all, I think the first thing goes,
1: I think the first thing you need to look into is uh, eating a a bunch of French fries and start putting some weight on. Uh, Who the hell is weighing one twenty? What are you four nine? How tall are you? Soaking wet.
0: Soaking wet. I'm like 6'4 on a good day with some good heels, but the rest of the time I'm around 5'5". All
1: right. So you're 5'5", 120. Uh, there's no way you're 120. You got to weigh more than that. Um, yeah. So, all right. So I, but what I don't understand is, like, there's no, like, the, one of the fun things for me walking around the hole is looking where someone's ball marker is and then stepping over their line. You know what I mean? I'm stepping over. I'm feeling the contour of the green. I'm like thinking about where my putt's going to go. Clearly, your head is somewhere else when you're like, "I'm going to fucking step on their line." What? What's the point? How is that? Where? How does this well, benefit the, the, you? The conception of it, 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 is that my mind
0: was singularly focused on my line, and, and unintentionally so, happened to cross across other people's lines. And it was more of a reactionary thing to the reactions I garnered. In terms of walking across someone else's line. So I think it's a, it's a lash against etiquette, I suppose. Um, but I like the psychological aspect of it too. It's, it's gotten me to appreciate that it is affecting the confidence someone else has when they go to take their putt. And I, I wouldn't say like maliciously so, but that gives me a little boost.
1: Are you playing for money? Sometimes I
0: wouldn't say I'm good enough to even warrant that. That's a slippery slope.
1: Well then, w- then why are you trying to fuck up someone else's game if it doesn't even behoove you? It's not <laughs> even for money.
0: Maybe it, just, maybe it just makes me feel better about my atrocious game.
1: All right, let me ask you this: When was the last time you stole? I'm not
0: coming across as a good person right now. I understand no,
1: that. I know you're not a I'm good person. It, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with what you're coming <laughs> across as. You're not a good person. When was the last <laughs> time you stole? Um,
0: uh, I I wouldn't say I'm I'm a petty larcenists. i don't i don't
1: really get off on stealing what do you get off on besides walking cross lines have you done anything else i mean this this is this is some deep-seated shit okay how many brothers (laughs) and sisters you have and where do you fall in line
0: (laughs) i have two older sisters
1: which like there we go
0: no you'd expect that to align me in a better way i suppose they're both successful people i live in their shadow i suppose maybe i feel like i need to uh um, compensate for things. I'm a hmm. buck I'm a buck 20 soaking wet, remember?
1: Yeah, I, which I still think is a lie. How often are you lying? Do you like <laughs> lying a lot? <laughs> I do love lying. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm not really it. good at it, though. I'm not, I'm not really that good. great. I knew you were but lying I'm, when you told me right? you were a buck 20 soaking wet. <laughs> so it was a lie that I'm 6'4", that I'm 5'5". Five five. You could be 5'5", five five, but... You're definitely, I, the lie was that you were 6'4". You're not 6'4". If you're 5'5", I could buy that, but you're not 120. You just, you wouldn't be alive.
0: I'm actually 6'4", a buck-twenty soaking wet. I'm a picture of like a spindly skeleton working his way around a green. Does that, does that like, if anything gets know, right?
1: No, what do you do for work?
0: <laughs> I, uh, I'm, it, it's gonna sound corny. I, I don't even like, I don't know how to say it sounding pompous. I'm a process engineer for a 3D printing startup.
1: You're so I what? like melt
0: plastic for a living in other words.
1: I mean, yeah, this is, see, here's one of your bigger problems. Plastic is killing the world and here you are finding new ways.
0: I'll have, you know, we we're segueing into metals, uh, direct energy deposition. It's going to be really exciting, really cool stuff.
1: Oh metals are. Well, hey, can a, you hold on one factor. second. Dude, they're, it, yeah, they're going to deposition medals. It's super interesting <laughs> stuff. Hold on. Sorry, I just had to... Uh, it was just... It was such some interesting... But let's get back to it. All right, you have a rewarding job. You have two older sisters that are successful. What about your family? How old are you? What about,
0: what about them? I am 25.
1: 25? Um, Do you have anyone in your life, a partner in any, of any sort?
0: Oh, that's an important detail. I probably should have mentioned the beginning of this art. I, about a month and a half ago, two months out of a six-year relationship, and I just felt compelled to uh, buzz and bleach my hair blonde. For context, my hair is very dark and very thick, typically very long,
1: can and I have stop, dark brown Can skin. you stop humble bragging about how thick your hair is and how tall you are? <laughs> no wonder why she broke up with you.
0: I want to see a sketch of what I'm 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 describing as myself cuz it sounds terrifying but It it's ain't true. good, dude. It, it ain't. ain't very true. There is
1: no element of this that's good so far. Let me ask you this. All right, so I'm going to tell you right now, you have I would much rather be where you are at 26, 26 or 25? 25. 25. 25. When's your birthday? February 28th. Boom, bro. Day before leap year. a case.
0: Yeah. But 1997, 1997, was not a leap year. So it was like, it, it like ha- has significance, but not even on the year I was born.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't have any significance. You're the 28th. If you were the 29th, it would have, you're, d- there's no significance. But it's close to significant. Are you telling me I'm an insignificant? Because that's also true. Yes, you're insignificant. Every single one of uh, us is we'll insignificant. This is the big problem. You think you think you're not insignificant. You think your job is special. You think your thick hair is special. You think you, you think your job playing with computers is significant. Let me tell you something. I think you're in a great place. You know why? Because when you start a relationship at 19, it's never going to work, okay? Anyone who does all the power to you. Those are the ones that are supposed to, but normally they don't work. So you're in a place of rebirth. You can rebuild. You can yeah. stop being a liar. Stop being a liar. And and the, the the course etiquette thing. Stop walking on their lines, bro. But why? Just because it's. Do you a good want thing a deal. fruitful life? Do you want people to like you? You think I, you're going to get I, new friends, and all of a sudden you're going to get new friends, and they're going to be like, "Oh, I don't mind that he walks on my." You're just going to lose those friends, bro. You know, Jay, you're right. Don't give me that. You're completely right. No, I'm
0: recognizing the fact that I am an appeared believer, but I have a an opportunity to change my behavior.
1: I drink I'm coffee in the morning. I'm
0: completely aware of what I'm doing.
1: I know you do. Do you drink coffee in the morning?
0: Yeah, I do now.
1: I, do you I, go to a coffee to shop, or what do you do with your coffee? Do you go buy it somewhere?
0: Uh, I typically get it at work. Huh.
1: Well, I think tomorrow, maybe next time you're out at a coffee shop or next time you're filling a meter, how about you fill someone else's meter? How about you buy someone else a line of coffee? You know what I mean? Do something outside of yourself, bro.
0: Will this, will this, is preparations, will this make me good again?
1: No, you, no. You need some so serious, bad. serious therapy is what you need. I mean, this goes deep. I mean, I don't want to get. I don't want to have to get your mom and dad on the phone because I, I just don't think they're capable, but I think this goes, this is deeper than this is outside my pay grade.
0: Can we, uh, can we do this again next week sometime?
1: <laughs> no, never again. But I do appreciate your call, bro. Uh, it was fun chatting <laughs> with you and, uh, I look forward to hearing hearing about your future through someone else, through someone else, through someone else.
0: I appreciate you too. I I will turn and leave and you'll hear the stories. Printed right, in plastic. We appreciate thank you, thank here you here at the golf line. <laughs> appreciate you too. You have a good
1: All right, one. Man. Bye, man. Right, take care. It was basab. Everybody, listen. You know, do I think he's going to change? No, I don't think he's going to change. I think he's. I think he's just having fun with life. Some people are evil spirited. Listen, I have. I, I mean, I'm friends with Anthony Jeselnik. Okay, I know what an evil spirit looks like, and I think he's just having fun with it. Uh, It seems like a perfect time right now to go to a commercial break. I mean, we got to pay for green's fees. I mean, she's got to feed the dragon, man. I mean, she's got to feed the monkey, man. What movie? Uh, We're going to commercial. She's got to feed the monkey. What movie? We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, you guys. We have, uh, again, thank you for joining me in this solo episode. I love being able to dive into your questions, comments, stories, 1833 My Golf Line as always. Rate, review, subscribe, share with friends on social. Heck, you know what? Right now, pause it and just text message your golf buddies. Right now. Boom. Link to the link to the episode. Have you listened to this? It's great. Uh remember that time we killed that bird? You know what I mean. Um I just, you know, playing music on the course is a question of etiquette for sure. So this is a, a call that we got and let's, let's address it. Can we play this one, Jojo?
4: Hey Dan, this is Dan Klein coming out of uh, Dallas, Texas. I play with some top flights that I'm due here to upgrade here in a little bit with a 16, 17 handicap somewhere in that ballpark. Um calling him because I got a question. One of my pretty good golf buddies, um, every time we go play, he, uh, Crank up the volume on the golf speaker, uh, pretty much to like an eight or 10. Um, but it's awful music. So 21 pilots, imagine dragons, all that crap. Um, how do I get them to not be doing that? Right. So four hours of 18 holes, uh, playing, listening to crappy music. It's a long time. Uh, love some advice.
1: Okay. Um, Dan, Danny Klein, All right, let's be straight up, Dan, about a couple things. One, if you're playing Top Flights, bro, you're not due for an upgrade, okay? You're overdue for an upgrade, bro. Who is playing Top Flights? And who, in God's name, is playing Top Flights that's a 16 or a 17 handicap, okay? Tom Kite is playing Top Flights, bro. Or at least he did 25 years ago. Old, old bottle cap glasses tommy kite is playing top flights okay or was no one's i don't even know if they make top flights anymore and there's no way you're a 16 or 17 if you're playing top flights if you have top flights that are old and you bought them new you bought them at not even a golf shop not even at dick sporting goods you got them at like a like a kmart or something like that like I don't know where top flights playing and listen i'm not i'm not a clubist I'm not someone who's gonna <laughs> judge you on your clubs even though that's exactly what I'm doing right now because I know I could go out and I just want to play you know what I mean like what do the grips look like on 16 I mean old top flights I would love to see them they're, I I bet they're so slick I bet you can just go right down them and they're all like crackly right are they crackly Um. so Dan I honestly part of me was like I'm not even gonna respond to this call till he gets new clubs Okay? Especially as a 16 or a 17. Those new clubs can take you down to a 14 or a 13, bro. Have you heard of technology? It's happening around you. You know, and I think this is the bigger issue. First of all, what the fuck is your problem with Imagine Dragons? Okay? That's a great band. They have so many different sounds. I listen to it all the time with my kids. It's one of the things I love. There are very few bands you can listen to with your kids that you dig and they dig. I could go to Morrow with my 8- and 6-year-old, to an Imagine Dragons concert and have fun. Not just because my kids are having fun, but because there's going to be fun people around. Danny, you're making me think you're not a fun guy. And we want you to be a fun guy, Danny. Listen, you're out in Dallas. I mean, what are you like a Jimmy Buffett guy? Is that who you are? Or like, is that who you are? Are you a Grateful Dead guy? That's the vibe I'm getting from you. I'm getting this... Jimmy Buffett guy, I bet you, I bet you have a pool. You might even have an above ground. I'm getting above ground pool vibe from you, Dan. I'm getting above ground pool. And I'm I'm getting the vibe. I'll be honest with you, the vibe I'm getting is you're a barbecue guy and you have an apron. You have an apron. And it may some say something like cool dad, or it might be one of those ones where like you lift it up and like a, a penis pops. You know what I mean? That's the vibe I'm getting. And like everybody knows you make the best ribs because you tell everybody, dude, you have my ribs? That's I, I'm just saying. You might have a smoker. You might have a smoker, bro. Nothing against it either. I love people that can smoke meats as long as you invite me over. Here's my thing, okay? I used to hate when guys busted out the speaker on the course. I hated it, dude. I hated it. I was like, I just want to focus on my game. And then I was like, if you can't focus with music playing, that's on you. And I got used to it. And then I thought to myself when I listened to your message – It's at an 8 or a 10. What? It's like I said earlier. Where are we talking about the boundaries? Can't you say to your buddy like, yo, man, I love having music out here, but can we just take it down a little bit? Let's just take it down a little bit. Or how about saying like, listen, I know you're all about 21 Pilots and Imagine Dragons. How about this? You know that game? What's that game? 666 where you play four guys and you partner up with one guy for six, another guy for six, another, and then you do at the end? How about that? How about like every six holes we switch up the music? I don't listen to Yacht Rock, but when I'm golfing, nothing is more enjoyable to me than Yacht Rock. Now, I have one buddy, and when I go out and play with him, him and his boys play hardcore old school rap. Okay, that's what they play. I have no problem with it. I just chill it. I'm like, oh, let's do it. I hear some of the ones, some of my favorites. There's some I don't know. I just roll with it. So I think it's having the conversation before you get out there and knowing that, listen, in life, in golf, when we're setting a boundary, it's not telling someone you're pushing them away, you're trying to bring them closer. So I would just say, yo, bro, can we just tune it down a little bit and how about we mix it up? But hat you better be ready with what you want him to play, okay? You can't be coming in like, well, I don't know, I just don't want to listen to Imagine Drag. You got to have something, bro. And then what I went to, is then try on some Imagine Dragons when you're home alone. See if you maybe do like it. I just think that uh, you might. Uh, Dan, either way, I appreciate you out in Dallas calling in. Um, you know, we got to adjust, buddy. The world is growing and changing, and technology brought music onto the course, and then it's something you got to adjust to. So the more you can do it, the better. Um this next one, it's not really a etiquette question, more of a golf-related question, but I found it interesting. Uh, JoJo, can we play this one? Hey, what's up, Jay? This is John.
3: Um, I'm a teen handicap. I think the biggest problem with my game right now is that I, it, it's, a, it's a consistency thing for me. I feel like one week I'm hitting it great, having a good time on the course but not not a week later i'll just go through 3 weeks of of just terrible ball striking in my backswing I'll all twisted up um so i don't know that it's
1: it's how do you deal with consistency and what would you recommend i appreciate it thanks i mean is anyone listening right now that doesn't love john Listen, no offense to Dan. I think Dan's probably a great guy too, but John just has this sweetness about him. Uh, listen, buddy, I think consistency is the thing that we're all dealing with. You know what I mean? It's like we all know what it's like. You know, when you have those good rounds and you go out and you have a good round, it's great. This is my buddy. You know who this is if you've listened to past uh, episodes, my buddy Rye calling. Um, I don't know why that's the speaker's off. Anyway, um apologize for that. John we all struggle with that. You know, you're going to have those days you go out. Now, when you're playing well, you're playing well. Everything's kind of clicking. You can make adjustments. You know what's happening. Even when you shank one under the trees, your recovery game is good and you're on. But like, if you're, usually if you're driving the ball well, your mid irons are terrible. Or if you're out of the sand up and down well and around, then your, your, your mid irons aren't great. You know, and that's why you're in greenside bunkers. And so, what I think as far as consistency goes, I think so much of golf is mental. And if you believe golf is mental, I think what you need to start doing is like you said, you're a 15, right? So, if I know I'm a 15, that's basically you're looking at it like, all right, I'm a bogey, a hole, and then there's a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay in a par here and there or a birdie here and there and a double bogey, right? So, as far as being consistent, one, you got to be easy on yourself. Let's stop, let's stop beating ourselves up. You know what I mean? I think building consistency is actually building a mindset that like, I'm a good golfer. I'm a 15. I'm not going to shoot, you know, so what's that like 87 around? I'm not going to shoot over 95 and I'm not going to shoot below 82 probably, right? I don't know what your best round is. But I would start like, I think it starts on the range, get out there. And when I go to the range, I start with some low irons. Usually I just go from like a 50 degree to an eight iron to a four iron because I'm horrible with my long irons. A four, five iron I'm good with. Four iron though, I cut it. I have no control. I have to really work. And normally I don't have to use it a lot on a golf course. But when I do, I have to like focus incredibly and hope everything comes together and I can hit it the way I want to hit it. And it happens maybe one out of four times that I do. Other times, it's, I just know that that's not, where, that's not my strength, right? And then I would hit, I, I don't hit the three wood because I don't need to. I know what I can do with it off the tee if I need it. In the fairway, I know it's going to cut like crazy as well. I'm not going to practice it. I won't even practice fairway wood. I got a new one, so maybe I will. But then I get to the driver and then I, I spend a lot of time on the driver until I can get like three in a row where I'm like, all right, I'm dialed in. I know what the driver's going to be. Then I'll go over and chip a little bit and then I'll putt. And I think it's just like getting that rhythm, knowing what it is. And I think it's slowing down for every shot. Like I think you need to like, if you really want consistency before each shot, you have to look at it. What is it? Know it, see it, hit it. And then if it's not If it, you don't do what you're supposed to do, you just let it go. You just got to let it go because if your game isn't, if you want the game to be consistent, your out, your like outlook or your mindset on the game has to be consistent. Do you get what I'm saying? Like if, if we're consistent with how we view, how we play the game, then hopefully our results will be consistent. And then to be honest with you, at the end of the day, it's like, go to the range, bro. (laughs) You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you can get to the range twice a week. Even if you live close to a golf course and you just go and you hit like 40 balls and then zip home. Like if, you, if you're close enough, like within 15 minutes of a range, you can go get a range session in for an hour. And if you haven't, I wish I was like that. I've tried to make myself like that. I'm not really like that. I should get better about it because it'd be fun to just be the guy who shows up, works his mid irons, goes home. And then, oh, I have an hour. I'm going to go work on my sand game. I know for a fact, if I go to the driving range and before I leave, I go and I sit in the sand trap and hit 20 balls out of the sand that the next time I go play, I'm going to get up and down out of the sand. It's just it, you're not even going to try to mentally tell yourself to get up and down. You're just going to do it because your muscle memory remembers it all. That's why pros, they, they, they are practicing every shot all the time and they're pros. <sighs> By the way, uh. Side note, Jay is not a professional golfer, nor is he a professional psychologist. Any information, advice, or guidance he gives is not legally, I don't know, whatever. Golf at your own risk. I appreciate that call, though, buddy. Thank you, John. And uh, keep us posted on that. You know what I mean? Keep us posted on... Uh, you know, we're guys, we're also on Instagram, um, Golf Line Podcast on Instagram, and we're going to be putting out clips every week. So whether you're sharing them, comment on them rate subscribe review the podcast follow on social media and then comment and let us know hey that's me that was me i'm john episode three guys i've been doing xyz whatever it is you know keep us up to date uh you know i like sentimentality and um you know i uh this next call was just really sweet and um well, let's, let's play it. Let's play it. And then we're going to call. But let, I wanted to play it first just to let you guys hear what was going on. Jay, long-time listener, first-time
4: caller, man. Appreciate it. Name's Bill, uh, 24. I'm an 18 handicap, and I'm playing some old Ping-I-2s. So, uh,
1: Can we pause that? I already love this guy, this kid, because he's playing Ping-I-2s. You know what I'm saying? If I am, I'm old, I'm 46, but if you're anywhere, if you're 40 and up, you remember ping eyes. And you remember, like, if anyone had ping eyes when I was a kid, they were just, like, nasty. It's like, where'd you get pings? How'd you get those? They had the orange dot, the green dot, the red dot. Like, they were so out of my stratosphere. First of all, any new clubs are out of my stratosphere. But when I saw those, I was like looking at like golf royalty. So the fact that he's now playing them—that was the first thing I noticed when I listened to this message initially. Was the idea, the nostalgia that was sparked to me when he said that. Um, anyway, Bill, I appreciate you for that. Keep going.
4: Yeah, I've been playing golf for a few years. It's uh it was a really good bonding experience
1: uh, with me and my
4: grandfather. You know, we go out and play a lot of golf together. Um, yeah, you know, my grandpa passed away in 2020. Uh, which obviously sucked, but there's been a lot of time to accept it and whatnot, so doing all right. But sometimes there are these weird things that spark my memory of him, and that will get me really sentimental, but what my iPhone did to me while I was at work uh, was was cool. The Photos app uh, sometimes makes montages of photos from locations you've been to, and uh, mm-hmm. I was sitting at my desk when I got a... Notification of a uh, video montage of the photos uh, of me and my grandfather from the last round of golf he played before he passed. And let me tell you, it was disgusting, uh, the amount of tears that were being shed. Um, anyway, I'm an accountant, so I'm sitting at my desk in the office, and I can only imagine what the guy's next to me we thinking while I'm love crying over some debits and credits, um, it wasn't the best look. So, uh, you know, I don't want to kick off your show on a sentimental note, but uh, you know, golf's a really good bonding experience for a lot of guys, and I'm sure you've had a lot of great moments bonding with others on the course. Cheers and uh, fuck the crab feast.
1: I just, I just love the idea of like two accountants, like man. Bill's really taken that uh, that ledger to heart over there, huh? Um. Anyway, I was just, I, I, you know, I've shared it before. I'm going to share it again. If you're familiar with my comedy at all, you know my. I ne- my dad wasn't around. Both my uh, my grandfathers were. One died when I was five, and he was a golfer. That's Bill Reed. My son is named after him. My son is Reed. Uh, my middle name is William after him. Um. And so I really like this call and I thought we'd give Bill a ring and just I thought it'd be fun to just chat a little bit about some golf times with him and his grandfather. So let's let's give him a ring. Hello? Yo, is this Billy Pingai too? Yes it is. What's up man? How are you? It's Jay over here at the golf line. I'm right man. How are you doing? Good man. Appreciate you calling in. Uh really appreciate that message. My first question yeah. before we do anything is where did you get those Ping I-2s?
4: They were uh, my dad. So my dad gave them to me when I first started playing golf. And I couldn't even tell you where he got them.
1: What, what color dots? Blue. <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. Do you know what the dots mean? <laughs> I never knew because, uh, you know, I, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I Ping I-2s, were out of my wheelhouse. I play Ping Eye Blades, uh, the Eye Blades now, which have like a little blue on them, but like the dots, mm-hmm. I don't know what they ever stood for. Do you know what the color dots stood for? I don't I don't
4: either. And I mean, mine are so old. I was playing with a buddy. He's like, oh, I'm playing the Ping Eye 22s. I'm and like, you're dude. like, dude,
1: I'm playing the Ping Eye 1s. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. <laughs> uh, so, all right, man, you're 20, what are you, 24?
4: Yeah, 24.
1: Live right by the... Uh, chicago laugh factory actually okay i was just out in chicago not too long ago over at hilarities cool cool yeah i love chicago man my friends if you're uh i mean if you really want to go for a fancy night my friends uh have a restaurant out there called ever it's really it's pretty bougie but uh really nice and really expensive but cool um so talk to me man you've been playing for like two years and is that right two three years
4: Like getting into it really the past two, three years. My grandpa introduced it to me like middle school, but playing a bunch of sports. It was just never a thing when I was little. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, jumped deep into it like the past two, three years now.
1: Like when the start of the pandemic or before that?
4: The some like before the pandemic, we would always go up and play it. Up in Wisconsin and stuff, um, but then during the pandemic, I just started grad school, and uh, all the golf courses were open in Indiana, so mm-hmm. I was playing like every weekend during the pandemic.
1: I love it. And how often were you playing with your grandfather?
4: We would play probably once a month. We had this little niner close to my parents' house, mm-hmm. uh, and he would we would just push around on the cart and play that. How old, how old was your grandfather when he passed? He was 77.
1: 77? So he's young.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, Yeah.
1: I mean, I say, that, I like, I say that because, like, <laughs> my I had a great-aunt that was 102, another great-aunt that was 100. My other aunt was 98. My other uncle was 99. And then my grandmother was, mm-hmm. like, 88. So I say... You're talking he about was Aunt young Rue. in regards, but that's a great life. 77 is a great life.
4: Yeah. Is it? What was your aunt's name? Aunt Rue or something? I'm a huge crab feast
1: guy. Oh, all right. You know. Auntie Rue. Auntie Rue was a yep. hundred. Auntie Lil was 102. Uh, <laughs> Auntie Gert, 98. And my grandmother Alma was 86 or 88. I can't remember. And then my uncle Ray was 99. So, you know, we go. You're looking good. You're, you're, Dude, you got you got a multiple should, decades. To go. Listen, if I don't live past ninety two, I'm a failure. <laughs> um. So tell me, like, how? So Fair you're getting enough. out there with him once a month. Was he pretty mobile? Was he pretty active? What was he hitting it off the tee? And how many woods did he have in his bag? First question: How many woods? Oh, no, no irons. No. <laughs> irons.
4: <laughs>
1: she was
4: all woods. Uh, he played uh, Callaway Big Berthas.
1: Of course he did. Um, like the old ones, like where the head was like the size of like a, a, a two-year-old's fist?
4: Yes. Yes. Okay. And they I were like them. that metallic, like oh just God. all silver.
1: Dude, your family um, is playing some of the most iconic golf clubs ever. The Ping I-2s and the Big Bertha's. I mean, come on, bro. Yeah.
4: My dad, he, I was like, maybe I'll just go get fit for a new set with my my bonus. My dad's like, you don't sell those golf clubs. Those come right back to me. I'm I bet
1: like, I, I bet your dad's playing morning. like those tailor made uh, graphite bubble shafts, if you guys are really keeping it strong <laughs> in the history of golf clubs. Um, all right, so he was playing that. What was he getting it off the tee? Uh, he was hitting worm burners. It
4: was, uh, he's probably going 150 a yards.
1: Uh huh. And and what about you?
4: Uh, if I touch one right, it's a nice baby draw.
1: Nice.
4: 280. All right. Um, Okay.
1: So he was like loving golfing with you. He's
4: like, ah, look at Billy. Billy's he's killing it out here. I was like, I was like his Bryson. Like he thought (laughs) I was smashing the golf ball. Totally. He thought I was doing crazy things with the golf ball.
1: So I've been lucky enough to play with like friends, dads, and I don't know if Mm -hmm. I've ever played with anyone's grandparents, but dads, they're so proud when they're out there with their kids? Was he just like bursting with pride every time he's – I mean, how cool is it you get to golf with your grandpa? I mean, that's just dope. How often – Yeah. No. Was he just loving life being out there with you?
4: Oh, he loved it. We would go up to this uh, Green Lake, Wisconsin. They have a few nice golf courses up there, Lasonia Lynx, and they also have a Woodlands course, and we'd play three times throughout the week. And I mean, it was like the best week ever for him. Just and what lakes, happens? You pick him up go to go pull. up there?
1: You guys drive up together?
4: Yeah, we would... Uh, my family would rent a house over on the lake there. And um, we still do it. Still, I played this past, past uh, summer. Um, all right, so... There, me, and it was... Uh,
1: let me ask ahead. you this. Let me ask you this. When you're golfing... Two things. When you're golfing with your grandfather, one, what's he drinking? Two, what is he eating? Three, is he smoking at all? And then two... Same question for on the porch at the lake.
4: <laughs> so uh, he, he was, uh, I mean, he passed away early, so he had some heart problems, and he was uh-huh. on these blood thinners. So I have to feel like I have to mention that he was wearing probably close to six layers because he's freezing cold no matter the temperature.
1: I got it. So he I would feel-
4: be out there in a fluorescent, like, hunting beanie like bright orange beanie on the golf course um he was probably enjoying a cold snickers on you know, the, car oh, broke him the and got best. got chilled
1: oh my god who doesn't love Great. stopping in the snack shack they are like what do you need and you see those snickers in the cooler and you're like these people get it
4: yep yep you know it's a good place
1: now let he me ask a, you was what was he did...
4: so he was sipping jameson
1: Okay, we'll get to that in a second. How does he play that Snickers? Does he get it, let it sit in the cart for a little bit, then dive in, or does he get it and go right for it? He's a, He was a patient guy. He you, you know, goes right into the
4: cup holder after a few strokes, probably eats it on the fairway, uh, finishes it over the course of probably two and a half holes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> also, he Classic can't dive play. into that. The guy's freezing cold. He can't be eating a ice-cold yeah. Snickers.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, in I, I talked about it in that – uh. That montage that the photo apps the photo app makes. The one of the pictures, I mean, we're up there. It's it's August. It's early in the morning, but he's he's playing golf in a parka. He's that cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh man, I love old people so much. Let me ask you this. Alright, so he was drinking the JMO, huh? Was he taking JMO out on the course every day or is that just at the out on the out on the screened in porch at night? No, no, that was out on the porch. Yeah wasn't a drinker
4: on the course actually interesting enough but uh yeah and i the, the irish blood runs runs thick for us so
1: and see it's he drinking i mean i know he's not drinking on ice because he'll be he'll freeze to death but was he drinking it <laughs> neat or was he drinking like like a highball with ginger ale what was he doing
4: loved a highball we go a little ginger ale squeeze a lemon yep. yes
1: i don't know what yep. is with old people let me just tell you this bro I love this call because, you know, I didn't have a dad, but I had two grandfathers. And the one who passed when I was five, who my middle name, I'm named after, he was a big golfer. And I still, to this day, you can't see this, but I'm holding up to the camera. I have these glasses that say, Bill Reed loses caddy in rough. And these are highball glasses, dude. And he had a bar (laughs) in his basement that he put in. And they were always drinking highballs. Always like the Jameson and ginger ale. The other thing I have in my hand, which I have from my grandfather still, are his golf balls. I've brought them up before, I believe. Uh, I don't know if you can see this, but it's a Worthington – you've never heard of a Worthington Liquid Center. And I have these golf balls, bro. And now that my kids golf, I have put one in each of their golf bags. Now, my son's older, so I started golfing with him earlier. And I would say to him, Mm -hmm. like, you see this golf ball? This is your special ball. This was your great-grandfather Reeds, who you're named after. So I just like you keep it in your bag for good luck. And he's like, oh, "Okay." And so anytime we'll golf, he'll like get ready to tee off and he's like, "Oh, dad, this is this is my papa ball. That's my special ball. No one touches that." They puts it like <laughs> this like special little little container and I had had these balls so I went to the Dominican with my ex-wife years ago and I was playing this like Bobby Jones course out there that's on the water and I brought one of my grandfather's balls and I hit it into the ocean for him, you know, like, here you go, man, you golfed in the Dominican. And, uh, (laughs) I think you're right, man. I I really like the idea that you're talking about the sentimentality of golf and people you play with and the memories you can have. Like I said, I never golf with my grandfather, but like the idea, like being able to go out with my kids now and like, you know, my kids aren't super into sports and I was crazy into sports. And I, I just say, I don't care if they're into sports, I'm going to get into whatever they're into. I just want them to be able to play catch and to play golf. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a golfer. I just want you to be able to play golf because it's a great game, and I'd love to get out there with them. And uh, any other – did your grandfather have any, like, little things he'd say out there on the course or little things that he did that stuck with you?
4: Yeah. So he would would mark his fairways as squigs, he would call them. And he would put (laughs) on one of the lines. Uh, on one of the lines of his card, he would just put a little squiggle under the, under his final score for that hole if he hit the fairway.
1: That Uh, is so funny. He
4: also, he also bought me, I don't, it's definitely sitting in my parents, uh, garage still, but he bought me this two-way chipper. It was a chipper that a lefty or righty could use. Yeah, Yeah. I know the one. It was, it was, uh, interesting to say the least but that sticks with me too going to like a like a resale sports store with him and like you're gonna need this much (laughs) dude you're Um, so funny
1: for the connor moore show i wrote a sketch about a guy and like they're out on the patio at this golf course having lunch and a guy comes up he's like hey anybody lose a club on uh 17 it's one of those dual chippers and my character's super embarrassed because now everyone knows i'm playing a dual chipper And I just think that's, that is such a grandfather club to have a fucking, did he have a ball? Did he have a ball retriever in his bag too? (laughs) I don't think
4: so. I don't think so. That's
1: the other grandfather move. They got the ball retriever, the little seat maybe that they sit on in the fairway. Um, Mm -hmm. Squigs, dude. Squigs. How was his (laughs) putting game?
4: Uh, A good, a good lag putter. You know, get it close and <laughs> tap it in.
1: Did he yeah. have that little suction cup on the end of his grip to pick the ball up so he didn't have to bend over?
4: No, I wish. I wish. He would usually just yell at me, grab that for me. Grab that for me. Hey, grab that for me,
1: huh? Uh, what was his name, first and last? Can you give us that? Uh, Bill Degman, same as mine. Oh, uh, you're named after the fourth, him. Yeah, I'm, uh,
4: fourth and line. Different middle names, so we're not. Uh, we're not like actually – The second third and fourth but his dad my his dad my grandpa my dad and me
1: bills i love it and me man j bill uh billy dagman bro dagman dagman d-e-g-n-a-n well man bill i appreciate you and your ping i2s and i really appreciate your grandfather mr billy dagman uh thanks for calling in man i really appreciate you sharing that with us sounds like a rad dude and, uh, I mean, probably a little racist. He was a grandfather, but still <laughs> a rad dude. And I appreciate you sharing it, man. It means a lot.
4: No, I appreciate it. It means
1: a lot to me. All right, man. Um, all right. Hey, how
4: are, uh, how are Sue's meatballs? Are they
1: still... Uh, what do you think they are, are bro? Undertook? Yeah, they're undercooked. <laughs> I mean, they were never cooked. They were never overcooked. They're the worst. The, the woman... You know, she's not gonna admit it, but they are not good. It's hilarious. Yeah. Single moms, dude. They're not gonna be the best cooks, you know what I mean? Nope. Um understood. All right, buddy. We appreciate you, man.
4: Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to listening.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. Oh <sighs> man. Listen, don't we all love a little a little something like that? A little uh just great. Bill, I appreciate that call. And I I love some old school gear talk. You know what I mean? The ping I twos, the big berthas, the tailor made bubble shafts. Um just great. Just great. For me, Slazzinger golf balls. I've talked about it. I appreciate Bill. Guys, you know, like we're going to hit on everything. You know, we're going to talk about dead birds and we're going to talk about dead grandfathers, you know. And uh, when it's appropriate to make jokes, we'll make jokes. Um, As always, rate, review, subscribe, share it on social media, text a friend. Hey, this is a great pod. You're going to love this. Here's a great story in here, blah, blah, blah. Whatever you got to do. Spread the word. We want everybody listening. We want you to be able to walk 18 with some guy you've never met and talk about the podcast, you know. Uh, 1-833-MY-GOLF-LINE. I'm Jay Larson. This is the golf line. See you next week, guys. Golf
2: line, golf line, calling on the golf line for your swing, for your swing. <laughs> golf line, golf line, can't you call it